Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 71. And we are your bootsyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, this morning I woke up at 7.30 because... Mm -hmm. Uh, the garbage truck was in our development, and I guess because Memorial Day they don't work, so there was an mm-hmm. overflow of garbage, and no one here in the community cares if it's an overflow of garbage in the garbage can, so they just start leaving their, their trash outside of the bins. But the reason why we have these bins is because, like, there's obviously animals around here, mm-hmm. and so, like, six bags are just ripped open. So it was, like, a whole mess in the parking lot, Right. So I wake up to the sound of the garbage trucks. And mind you, we didn't. We have our stinky garbage still in the house because we weren't just going to leave it out there. So yeah. we're like, oh, thank God. Around 9 o'clock, I still noticed that they're out there, the garbage people. Apparently, the garbage can was so heavy. Like, there's, like, a bunch. There's, like, for recycling, things like that. The one was so heavy that when they would try to attach it and lift it up, when they would lift it up, the garbage would, like, keep falling out of the garbage bag, like, uh, the garbage bin. Oh, shit. And then it wasn't, like, fully locking into the truck so it was so heavy, so it was starting to slide off. Oh, God. So it took, like, two hours for them to, like, figure out how to get it secured onto the truck. And to, like... <sighs> I, I was like, what the hell? I was like, this took two hours to do and they have other buildings to go to this was just our building that they were spending two hours on (laughs) i was like there's no way i was just sitting there i'm like this is my this is my breakfast entertainment right now i was sitting there with my power wrap with my coffee that i'm still (laughs) sipping on and i'm like i can just i can picture it just like the little things like sliding into the dumpster and it's just like i was about to record it because i was like maybe some crazy shit's about to happen and i'm about to go viral like imagine (laughs) a whole garbage pail just tips over onto our backyard and there's just all the shit all over the place that would be hysterical but i mean i wouldn't want to like i wouldn't want to clean it up myself but i was just sitting there for two hours lily they were doing this that's Two terrible. hours. That's hilarious in some ways and terrible in mm-hmm. other ways. Did you see my reusable straw that I'm using right now? I did. Congratulations on saving planet Earth single-handedly. The turtles. I am their eco-friendly queen. queen. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, some ASMR for the uh, listeners out there. Some ice churning with my metal straw. I'm not going to lie. I don't mind how it tastes. Like, you know how I hate the paper straws? The paper straws? Yeah. Have you ever had those? The biodegradable ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great for the environment, but hate how they make stuff taste. Like, I start eating the paper at the end because it starts dissolving because it's biodegradable. Okay. But. That's fair. But, you know, also, fuck plastic straws, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, metal straws, I got, like, four of them for, like, five dollars on amazon they come with like a little brush and a little pouch that you can put in your purse so uh oh that's, check them out, guys. See, that's the thing is i always wondered about the transportation aspect of it yeah it came in like this little like, little woven this little woven pouch it was cute it was a vibe i like it okay so yeah there's your eco-friendly tip of the day from rebecca all the right the more you know so back to why we're really here so i'm rebecca 
And that's Lily over there. I'm Lily. <laughs> and uh, we're going to read you scary stories. I'm going to read you five. She's going to read you five. You're going to get scared. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. And we're going to do all the above. So, uh, ready to start, Lily? Born ready. Let's do this. This one is called, My Bedroom Used to Be Haunted. I personally do not know if this is considered paranormal, but it has always bothered me. So what I'm going to do, Rebecca, is I'm going to read this, and then we're going to try to debunk it. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Around Christmas time, I was my I was with my grandparents, father, and his wife. I received a lot of stuff from my father and his wife, obviously, some of them being candles and herbs and crystal necklaces and all that. I never really thought much of it, aside from the fact that they were really cool and pretty. I should also add in that around my birthday, which is also in December, my father and his wife bought me a book about animals that had tarot-looking cards in the back. I never really used it because it was against my religion. When I got home, I started feeling a bit unsafe. At the time, I didn't have per perjanas. I think they're called blinds in English. Okay, so, so she didn't have curtains. Um, <laughs> Or blind. I didn't have blinds, just curtains. Got it. So it was easy <laughs> to look in my room. Now, I have a wall that half of it is a window, if that makes sense. If it doesn't, just think of it as a large, wide window that's on a wall. Okay, I got it. I've always had this weird thing where I can sense if someone or something is nearby. The air gets a bit tighter and I get more anxious. So, of course, I always felt as if somebody was watching me through my window or outside my door. It was scary and got me paranoid. I would always check to see if somebody was watching me. Sometimes I'd even see a figure standing outside. I just thought it was my weird neighbors. They are always out late at night. Sometimes my animals would be alert. My dog would stand outside my door and bark for no reason. Her ears would perk up and she would stand very still and inspect my closed door and room. My cat would nervously look all around and her tail would fluff more. She does that when she's scared. It did, it did make me paranoid, yes, but I didn't tell my mom about it. I thought it was just my hallucinations again from when I saw strange figures and me being paranoid from all the horror stories I've been reading. Okay, same. That happens to me, too. Um, when a month passed by, I started seeing figures in my room. They were all shadow people, too. It freaked me out a lot because they were not there before. I always felt unsafe in my room, so I would sleep in my brother's room. He has two beds. I noticed that it was just my room that was spooky. I told my friend about it. She knows a lot about spirits and stuff, so of course I told her. I was wearing one of the necklaces at the time and she and told her about that. She inspected it, noticed the cracks on it and how much energy it held. She said that it cracked because the relationship with the person who gave it to me was falling apart. I thought that was a bit odd. Soon enough, I talked to my school counselor about it. He told me to tell my mother, who was very spiritual and religious, so maybe she would pray the demons away. When I got home, one of the hermanas from church was over. We were sitting at the table when I told my mother. The sister had a worried look on her face and told my mom to get the pastor to pray in my room. My mother took all the suspicious things, sage, the book, the candle, etc., away and put them somewhere. I don't really know what she did to them, but I haven't seen them in a while. That night, I slept well. No waking up at 3 in the morning, no nightmares. It was nice. The next day after school, my mom took me to the 99 store to get some stuff. When we were in the car, she told me 
uh, she told me that when she prayed and told the demons to get out, stuff on her wall fell. It was one of those vintage-looking metal flowers. They were small and light. They've never fallen off her wall. The cat and dog were both scared when it happened, and it scared my mother, too. I honestly just thought that was weird and wanted to share my experience. It doesn't happen anymore, though. My friend did something to my necklaces so they weren't cursed anymore. I still do get paranoid, but it isn't as bad as before. The end. Hmm. Definitely seemed like there was like a negative spirit attached to that to those items. Yeah. And with you know with strong belief in in their faith and the proper you know saging whatever pro- protocol they did follow it worked. So that's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. Part of me is like, don't even question what's going on because it's over now. Yeah. Seriously. But um. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's an awesome turnout to the story. Like, at least there was some sort of resolution, and hopefully it doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine that maybe every once in a while it would be good to kind of, you know, go over it again, like, you know, do the same prayers, sage, holy water, like, whatever they decide, whatever process they did, just continue to do it so that you're yeah. safe and sorry. <laughs> yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, that's weird. No. What counselor was it that suggested that she talk to the mom? Or he talked to the school counselor. Okay. That is a fucking awesome school counselor. Because my school counselor in high school, literally, I had a fucking, like, what was it? I had, like, an 1800 SAT, and she told, and she practically told me I wouldn't be able to get into any of the colleges I wanted to go to. So, I mean, like... Uh, What's your address? I just want to talk. Serious. Oh, my God. My guidance counselors were the worst. There was only one guidance counselor who wasn't even my guidance counselor that was, like, my favorite person in the whole world. He, um, he would literally, my senior year, he would call me out of class and give me passes and just he would give me money and I would go to the uh, I would go to the Wawa down the street and buy and get him lunch and shit and we would just sit and chill for like half the school day and he would just give me class passes the whole time like oh sorry she needs to come to the guidance counselor this and that that's amazing just the power the power this guy had it was awesome and then he had me um he ended up uh, I guess because he needed a certain amount of people to take the ASVAP test which is like the military test while you take mm-hmm. in high school and it kind of tells you what you would be good at. Uh, it was like it's a career test, and he needed a certain amount of people to do it, but none of his kids were wanting to take the test. So he was like, "I'll buy you lunch if you take this test for me. <laughs> you get out of class, <laughs> I'll give you a pass, and I'll buy you lunch." I was like, "All right," and I ended up taking the ASVAP test for the military. <laughs> yeah, he was a, he was a cool guidance counselor, and then like once I graduated, he got fired for some weird shit, I guess. But I don't know. Shout out to that guidance counselor. Um, See, and all my the good guys were always good. It was the school nurses who were bad. Oh my god! I've never had a good school nurse. They were either hella fucking rude, or like just you could just tell they hated their job. Like absolutely contributed nothing to the health care of the students. Yeah, right. Ever like I could literally be coming in with my fucking intestines in my hands, and they'd be like, "Just put some water on it. It's fine. Just go to the bathroom, wash your face." Yeah, that's what they would always say. Do you need to go to the Because I would always feel nauseous. And mm-hmm. I would go in and I'd be like, yeah, I feel sick. They'd be like, do you need to go to the bathroom? I'm like, I'm, I've been potty trained at this point for like 16 years. <laughs> I think I know when I need to go to the bathroom, ma'am. The best was, um, in, I think it was like in second grade. And they had us go in class by class to do like lice testing. Because I guess there had mm-hmm. been some sort of outbreak in the school. And the t- and I'm and I'm there by myself with the, the nurse. 
and she's going through my hair, and I, she's taking awfully long with me compared to all the other students, so I'm thinking something's up. She like call, I'm, she's like, oh, I have to call your mom, this and that, she's like looking through my scalp. I have had, like my whole life, I had really bad like dry scalp, like dandruff. Mm-hmm. She called my mom thinking I had lice. And when my mom came in, she's like, this is literally just dandruff. Like, this is not <laughs> even lice. And like the nurse is like, well, I just think you should go to the doctor just in case. And she goes to like my pediatrician. We go to the pediatrician like that day. She takes me out of school early. And the guy's like, this isn't serious, right? Like, the nurse literally made you come here for this. Like, just go to CVS <laughs> and get this shampoo and you'll be fine. Like, what the? Like, but then I got McDonald's out of it, so it kind of worked out. So, totally shout out, nurse. The end. Yeah, but uh, that's the school system for you. All right. My next story is titled, When I Checked Out, They Didn't Ask Why, dot, 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 They Knew. About 16 years ago, I was with my ex who had just come home from being in Iraq. We were driving from San Diego up to Oregon to go visit his parents. We drove straight there and met them at the resort that they were staying at. They were staying in a cabin and we were staying in the main hotel. When we got up to our room, we were tired, so we just got ready for bed. It was about 11 p.m. We both crawled into bed, turned out the light, and as soon as both of our heads hit the pillows, we were both held down. It must have only been 30 seconds, but it felt like two minutes, which is a lot when you feel like you're being held down. As soon as we were able to move, he grabbed me, and I grabbed him, and we both looked at each other and said, Did you feel that? We jumped up and started searching the room because we genuinely thought there was someone else in the room. Searched behind curtains, under the bed, in the closet nothing now my boyfriend at the time was six foot four and in the military he didn't scare easily so we thought okay maybe we're just tired so we both laid down and as soon as the lights went off it happened again as soon as we were able to move we both grabbed our stuff went down to the front desk and told him that we could not stay in that room the weird thing is that the lady at the front desk didn't ask us why and didn't even seem shocked that we didn't want to stay in that room We hopped in the car and drove over to the cabin where his parents were staying and slept on the floor like 10-year-old children. And mind you, this was the first time I've ever met them. While I was in the car, I remember thinking that the weight was on my chest felt as heavy as a gallon of milk. Sometimes I think about how they say souls weigh 7 pounds and wonder. I ended up calling back and asking about it, and the guy at the front desk told me that the maids always said that the floor was haunted. The end. Ooh. First of all, these trick-ass front desk people at this hotel, if you know that that room is haunted and that this experience happens, why do you still put people in that room? Why would you still put people in that room, and why would you not do anything about it? They're just like, okay, whatever. We were just going to see if you were going to deal with the ghost or demon that was trying to suffocate you in your sleep. It's fine, but whatever. I mean, you can just sleep on the floor. Just casual. Like, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, that's weird. Definitely, I would be interested to see where in Oregon this was and if mm-hmm. maybe this was on some sort of Native American ground or... Ooh, true. That's what, that's the vibes I'm getting. I mean, I don't have that much information on the history of this place that I just yeah. read everything I know, but definitely seems like there is some um, history behind there. Well, there's got to be. There's got to be a bunch of history there for that to happen. Oh, but there is a comment. So, you know, the person in the story said that um, they heard that souls weigh eight pounds. So I've never yeah. heard of that before. But someone had said I've, that... I've never heard that. Yeah, they say that they heard that for every um, hundred pounds of flesh, um, it's supposed to be... Uh, a, like uh, For every hundred pounds of flesh, it's between one and a half to two pounds 
as a spirit. So say if like, um, so say if a spirit before they passed away was like two hundred pounds, it would, they'd probably be like a force of three to four pounds if you were to Got feel it. their presence, which I found interesting. I, I don't get. I don't. I don't understand where that comes from, but... Yeah, who who do you think pitched that idea? <laughs> I mean, do we just put them on a Weight Watchers scale and just... Equate, like, I, I, I want to know. I'm very curious. I'm asking for a friend. But, uh, yeah, so that's my story. Huh. Interesting. Okay. This one is called Shadow in My Grandma and Grandpa's House. I've had my few experiences in life that truly freaked me out. This, however, is probably the one that freaks me out the most when I think about it. A little background information before I begin. This happened when I was pretty young. I used to live within a pretty short distance from my grandparents, and I would go over there to spend the night almost every weekend. I would sleep in the guest bedroom, which was at the end of the hall. It included a bathroom and my cousin's room directly across from my room. Now, this house always gave me a someone's watching me type of vibe and my other family members have said the same thing. So, to start off, I'd go to bed pretty early, probably 10 or 11 or so. I'd go to sleep for maybe a few hours at a time, then wake up randomly in the middle of the night. I don't remember what time exactly, but I'd get up and stare out into the hallway for maybe an hour, looking through the darkness at nothing. It just felt like something was staring back at me, though. I swore to God I could see a figure in the hallway just staring back at me. I wasn't scared or anything, but curious, I suppose. After some time, I would get up and move to the bathroom and stare into the mirror, into the darkness behind me once more, seeing this figure. I'd do this for another hour or so. This is the part that freaks me out. I'd go into my cousin's room and just stare at her sleeping. I'd do this for maybe the same amount of time I was in the bathroom for. After, I'd go out into the living room and just stare out the windows into the front yard and street. I guess I was looking for something. I have no idea, though. After doing this for another 30 minutes, I'd go to the backyard door and stare out there again, looking for something, I suppose. After that, I'd go back to bed and fall asleep. When I was older, I told my grandmother and cousin, and they had a look of shock. My cousin, who lived with my grandma and still does, said she always felt like there was something there as well as my other cousin, who only came down maybe once a year since he lived in Florida, if that. Uh, my grandfather passed a couple years later in 2012, and they moved to a new place. This creeps me out to this day. I don't know what I was doing. Sleepwalking, perhaps? I have no clue. The end. I don't know if this is necessarily sleepwalking, because if this was sleepwalking, I feel like typically you're not aware of what you're doing during the time. Yeah. I mean, you may wake up in a random place, and you're like, oh, how did I get here? And you try to retrace your steps, but you're not usually present in a way in that moment. Yeah. So it seems like there's something that kind of takes over this person, like takes host of their body at night. And they said that they see a shadow person or see a shadow in the darkness. Mm. That's weird. So maybe there's some kind of connection there to the, I guess, shadow person that they're seeing. Some sort of possession. Yeah. Oh. I don't Ooh, like that. Spooky kooky. Uh, okay. My next story 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 is Sturry. the bobblehead spirit seeking explanation for moving things. Hi, so I don't really know if this is the right subreddit to 
subreddit. Oh, I can't even talk today. Oh my god, subreddit <laughs> to post. But my mom is diagnosed with stage three brain cancer, a really rare form of cancer for her age. She was diagnosed in late June of 2019, and her tumor was surgically removed, 80% of it, in late July. So the weird thing is, and about three months before her diagnosis, she was having symptoms such as migraines, but this weird thing kept happening with a bobblehead. So when I was about five years old, my mom and dad received bobbleheads of themselves as gifts. For about three months before her diagnosis, she was noticing that every morning her bobblehead of herself was always being turned to face the back of the shelf that it was sitting on. She was super scared, and it really bothered her, and she was trying to figure out if we were messing with her, so my dad tried to prove it wasn't him by setting up a security camera. However, the security footage seemed to cut out or stop working when we tried to see it, so we all kind of gave up, and my mom let it go. However, it kept, getting, it kept happening, and during those three months, her symptoms continued to get worse. When we finally took her to the doctor, they found out her tumor was the size of an orange. After surgery, she has no memory of any of this, and she has undergone a few personality changes. What do you think this is? Wow. Now, it could definitely be a coincidence. It could be that, I mean, I, I really don't have an explanation for why this thing would be moving, and it would be specifically her bobblehead, but... Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a sign. Um, Ooh, maybe. And this is what I'm thinking. Okay, this is a stretch, but okay. hear me out. I'm listening. So a bobblehead. When you think of a bobblehead, you, what do you mostly think of? You think of the head, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's the big head that moves around. What if a spirit or a spirit guide for the mom is using her specific bobblehead and moving it as kind of a symbolism of, like, you need to check your head out. Because it's, like, a big head on a bubble head. So it's kind of, like, the main focal point. Okay. And because she's had these migraines, maybe <laughs> trying to put the two and two together. Maybe. I you actually, you know what? You could be onto something with that. I, I know I'm reaching for the damn stars, but I'm trying to come up with some explanations for this. Yeah. Because this is no, weird. I could, I could I could see that. But hopefully, hopefully, I know they took 80% of it out, but hopefully they continue to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink the tumor. And uh, yes, she will, you know, she will get through this because uh, that freaking sucks. And especially, you know, after the surgery, you're never the same. I mean, she has no memory of this happening. She's under, she's undergone personality tra- changes. Like, it's not only hard to the person going through it, but to the family as well. So, yeah. Nothing but positive vibe to that family. Aww. Okay. Um, my next one is called Just My Paranormal Encounter. This is my first time posting something on Reddit, and I want to share my story. I was around 11 or 12 years old when I saw a ghost. Since I was 7, I've been able to see and hear ghosts and have always been interested with these entities and other people's encounters with the paranormal. My sisters and I were living at my uncle's house during that time. Nothing or no one gave me a reason to feel unsafe inside that house, but I still can't explain what I saw. One day, I was so focused on playing video games in the living room that I had not noticed that my sisters had gone to the playground. I had been playing for two hours or so when something made me look at my bedroom door. As soon as I turned my head to look, a figure of a tall woman with messy hair and dirty white dress walked behind the door and shut it. I was startled and unsure of what I had seen. 
At first, it was one of my, I th at first I thought it was one of my sisters playing a prank on me. So I stood up ready to confront them, but no one was inside. The room was empty. I checked the closet under the bed inside the bathroom, but no signs of my sisters or anything that indicates that anyone was inside. I tried my best not to jump to conclusions. Maybe the window was open? Nope, the window was locked. As I checked the window, I saw my sisters playing outside, and that's when I realized that I had been home alone this whole time. My uncle unlocked the front door, and my sisters entered the house. I was shocked. I felt a mixture of feelings, fear, confusion, and happiness. It was, I was a weird child and always wanted to encounter with something paranormal, so yeah. I told my sisters what happened, and they for sure believed me, not because they encountered the same entity or anything, but because they know of my, quote, ability to see these ghosts. I still shudder at the thought of this encounter. I don't have an explanation as to what I saw that day, and I never saw that woman again. The end. Hmm. I wonder if it was, if it was a spirit that just happened to be passing through, and because this this person's a sensitive, mm -hmm. just happened to catch a glance at them, or if this is someone that had once resided at their place, and um, just wanted to just say, "Hey, I'm here still. I won't bother you. You won't bother me. We're good. You know." Play your video games, but they're too loud, so I'm going to shut the door. <laughs> Turn down that damn music over there. You kids with your Xbox 360. <laughs> and your Nintendo Game Cubs and all that <laughs> stuff. Oh, God. But uh, that, that, that's what I'm imagining is kind of like a ghost that's just kind of had it with his, like, young kid bullshit. Mm -hmm. And is like, okay, just... Let me do my ghost thing. You do your human thing. You do your alive thing. I'm going to do my dead thing. And we'll cohabitate peacefully. Exactly. All right. My next story is titled, When I Was Four. When I was four years old, I was living in my grandfather's house with my grandma and my mom in the basement. I would usually switch from spending the nights upstairs and downstairs depending on the day. Soon after my grandpa divorced my grandma, I have strong memories of another man living in the house. He was a tall, bald man who I remembered calling my uncle. I would talk to him, and I remember him using a green sheet cushion every time, a green seat cushion every time he used the computer in the office. Later on in life, I brought this up to my family, soon to find out that no other man lived in the house, and with no memory of mine, I used to sit in front of the bathroom talking to nobody. The bathroom, I was, <laughs> the bathroom I was very scared of when I was younger. That kind of scared where I would, that kind of scared where I would flush the toilet and run. Um, I don't know what to say about this or what to think. Just thought I'd put it out there. So this is a young kid, right? Mm -hmm. Four. Uh, four yeah, years so old. Yeah, so you're definitely more sensitive to the other side when you're four years old. And. Uh, and so I'm wondering who this tall, bald man was and why he was calling him his uncle. Well, you know, people do that with people that you're friendly with. Like, I have a, like, my Aunt Colleen isn't actually my aunt. She's my dad's friend. Yeah, like, it's like a family friend, so it's just easier to say family than try to yeah. make the connection. So it's possible that, but, but there wasn't anyone who, I mean, it's possible that this is a family friend who never got to meet this kid. Could be. but And wanted to maybe spend some time. 
that's interesting too because now I'm having mixed feelings about this because in one point he says that um, he used to talk to, in the bathroom to nobody mm-hmm. but he was also very scared of the bathroom too so if this person was an uncle why would he be scared of this presence oh true so maybe it was something kind of malicious I, like maybe the guy was like saying oh uh, you can just call me uncle like trying to like lure Desen- him in. Yeah, like desensitize him and just make him feel as if he could be safe around him. And then mm-hmm. God only knows what would have happened after that. But um, yeah, it's a very weird scenario of uh, spiritual activity in a house. And the fact he's the only one that seems to have gone through something like this too. It's not like any of the other family members from what they've described have gone through weird stuff. Yeah, that's when it's you almost wish that more people would see it. Yeah. So that, you know, you weren't alone in it. Mm-hmm, for sure. And like, uh. I know that if I ever, like, see anything, I want someone <clears throat> to be there with me just so that I have the backup of, okay, it's not all in my head. Yeah, the validation is key, especially when it's a memory that you have so vividly that mm-hmm. you, like, you remember it as a part of your life and then no one can be there to back it up. It makes you question, like, what is real anymore? Like, what part of my life yeah. is real? What is fake? It distorts yeah. your perception of reality. It's probably such a scary experience. That that would make me re-guess. I wanted to say rethink and second guess, and I said re-guess. <laughs> We're making up new English language. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, that would make me rethink, like, everything. If I had, like, these vivid memories of someone who I thought was my uncle, and then everyone was like, yeah, he never existed. That's all, you know. Weird. Yeah. All right, Lily, what's your next story? This one is called Dead Cousin Calls to Check In. So not my story, but my dad's. About 15 years ago, my dad's first cousin passed away. They were very close before his passing. We would visit him frequently as a family. My dad is a firefighter who was working 12-hour days along with being on call at the time. One night, he had three fire calls back to back to back. Uh, As he was finally home from the last call, he was laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep, and his phone started ringing. He wasn't going to answer it as he thought it was a fire call, and he was tired from the last three fires. Something told him to get up and answer it, though, so he did. When he answered it, he instantly recognized the voice as his cousin's voice who had just recently passed. He asked his cousin what was going on and where he was at. All the cousin said was, they sent me down here to do some stuff. I'm just calling to check in on you and see if you are all right. Soon after, the call ended. My dad just shared this story with me within the past two years. I often think about it as it sounds absolutely crazy, but I know my father and he isn't someone to lie about something so serious. My dad and his cousin were practically like brothers, so I know it was probably a good feeling for my dad. The end. Aw, that's so sweet. Right? Like, just calling to check in and see if you're okay? Like, that would be me as a ghost, I think. I would hope so. I I love that, and I love how it was just so nonchalant. Like, hey, I'm just giving you a call. Just wanted to make sure everything was good. And I ha- But I'm curious as to what his other stuff was that he had to do. Right? Like, what are the what are the chores that you have to do in the afterlife? Like, you have to pay taxes in the afterlife? I guess it's, like, some labor stuff. Well, you know what's interesting? One of the psychics um, that my boyfriend's mom goes to, uh, pretty much, like, the only one she goes to, but she s- explains that who you are in this world 
your qualities or your gifts, your talents are used when you go to the other side. So if you're really good with children, usually um, their jobs on the other side are to help with the children that have passed on at a young age and help them grow up on the other side or to help them just, you know, still be kids and be, you know, that father figure or just be there for them. Um, There's different, like, of of building things in heaven or building them of things on the other side if you're really good with your hands here on earth. So everyone kind of has different... And sometimes there are things that need to be done on earth that that's why they get sent back down for, um, that they were good at when they were here on earth, but now they have to do things for the other side, um, and that's why they were called. But, you know, there's just... There's so many different theories out there, but it kind of makes sense, like... You know, if, if some people are just naturally born with certain gifts, and it makes you wonder why were they born with those certain gifts. Yeah. So it, it makes sense that they would be used, you know, once they pass I mean, over. if you got the gift, you might as well use it. Right? Use it for the good. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my next story is called, Saw a Six-Foot-Plus Pure Black Humanoid Figure. So at the time, I was 16 and lived in an apartment above a restaurant. So when you walk into the door of the apartment, you would be greeted by a set of stairs. And when you would get to the top, you would either go left, which you would, which would lead you to the living room and the kitchen dining area. And if you go right, it would lead you to the bedrooms and a bathroom. So I'm just relaxing in my in my bedroom while the rest of my family is together in the living room. It's a little past noon, so I decide to leave my room and join the rest of my family, and that's when I turn the corner of the small hallway with all the bedrooms. When I round the corner, I'm greeted by a six-foot-plus pure black figure standing right at the top of the stairs. About a second after seeing it, I couldn't move my body, and we were just staring at one another for what I think was about 7 to 15 seconds, but it felt longer than that. I would also like to note that I wasn't frozen in fear because I felt none not even to this day but I think my brain was having a hard time processing what I was seeing or this thing just held me in place with something that I don't know about so anyways after just looking at each other for a bit it just kind of floated up a bit from the ground and went head first into my chest giving me a light shove and it was gone I was able to move freely right after and I went to my family telling them what just happened and they just kind of looked at me with faces of concern and disbelief so that's my story and would appreciate your opinion on what you think I saw. The end. Wow. Definitely a stereotypical shadow person. Shadow figure, yeah. Hatman, maybe? Ooh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the Hatman's a busy guy. It could be. I'm. He's like the Santa Claus of the afterlife or something. <laughs> He sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows, he knows when you're awake. He goes to a bunch of people's houses um, in one night, you know? Imagine, so, like, if the Shadow Man, like, haunted Santa Claus, like, on Christmas Eve, and none of us got presents. Well, then, fuck you, Hat Man. That's Don't... what I meant. <laughs> that, is, that is so... I mean, I'm trying to think... This person did know that they weren't scared, though, so it didn't seem like an evil spirit. It could it just... could have just been someone... I mean, maybe it was a guardian. Yeah. Just checking in, just observing, making sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's kind of a little much that he went through the person and kind of gave him a little shove. Yeah. Uh, and I do find it interesting that he kind of... This person noted, well, I wasn't scared, 
but I don't think my brain was able to process it, or maybe the, the, this humanoid figure was able to control how I moved or how I thought. Like, so mm-hmm. I couldn't move or do anything. I mean, it's possible that they did have some kind of control over, like, his emotions mm-hmm. and kind of feelings and be like, shh, it's okay, you're not scared. And you're like, well, shit, Shadow Man, yes, I'm not scared. <laughs> if only it were that easy. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lily, what's your last story okay. for today? Harmless but eerie occurrences in my new house. So this is my first post here, so sorry if I fucked something up. (laughs) Me introducing myself to anyone. (laughs) Recently, my parents divorced, and my dad had to move into a new house with me and my brother. The house had nothing out of the ordinary with its history or anything, although it was was pretty old, built in 1984. That is not an old house. My old house was built in the 1920s. Come on. Mine is ancient if they say that's old. (laughs) The first night that I slept there, in the middle of the night, I heard the basement door or some other door downstairs close all of a sudden. Nobody was down there at the time as well. I'm the only person that lives there so that that lives there that sleeps with my door open so nobody else would have heard it and I just passed it off as my imagination. The second night was the main reason I'm posting here. At around 2 a.m. or so, my lamp just turned on. Now normally, that isn't that out of the ordinary. But the part that gave me chills was the pull chain for the lamp both moved down and clicked. At that point, I was basically paralyzed in fear. It took around 10 minutes or so for me to actually turn it off, and then I tried to go back to sleep. Other things have happened since then. Closet moving, waking up with the door closed, drawers opening in the middle of the night. But apart from that, I believe my room in general has some sort of problem with it. I have two dogs, and they are both very chill and harmless dogs, but whenever they walk into my room, their entire mood changes. The only times I have ever been bitten by either of them was specifically when they were in my room. Recently, I've started joking around with the shit going on in my room. Like, whenever something moves or opens unusually, I just say, hi, ghost, or what's poppin', ghost? (laughs) You get the idea. Apart from those things, nothing much has happened, apart from the occasional sounds I hear, like I said before, shit randomly moving. Since I'm the youngest in the house, 14, everyone else is basically obligated to not believe me and basically say I'm full of shit, so I'm here to see what you guys think of it. The end. It's interesting because the spirits um, always know not only to be able to be seen by younger people, but Mm -hmm. dogs. Yeah. The fact that the dog is not acting in such a negative way makes me believe that there's a dark spirit in the house, especially because they're moving items. They clearly have a lot of energy that they're able to use to use force like that. Mm -hmm. Closing doors, moving items. Um, So I would definitely sage, sage, sage. Even if you don't feel some type of way about that spirit, I don't know. I'm just getting a weird vibe off it. Yeah, me too. Especially because it's it seems kind of malicious and it's being sneaky too because it's targeting just this one person in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the, it's. I feel like maybe it's something to do with that room. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something in the room. I mean, the light turning on with the thing clicking, you know, the door waking up with the door open, drawers opening and closing on their own. I mean, there's got to be something that happened in that room or happened to someone who lived in that room. Imagine they rip up the floorboards and there's a Ouija board or a pentagram underneath. 
<gasps> Stop. That would be insane. Ooh. Ooh. All right. My last story is titled Scary Story That Happened Tonight. So my mom went downstairs to fill out my little brother's juice cup. And when she came upstairs, she was like, want to hear something creepy? There was someone that looked like you, but taller with a yellow shirt on that walked past me into the kitchen and then just left. And keep in mind, my little brother was in my parents' room with his headphones on and my mom was in my room. Then I went down to investigate because it could have been an intruder or something. So I start looking around and to investigate. Oh, wait. So I... Oh, my God. So I start looking around, and my little brother comes downstairs to see what I'm doing. And he goes, hey, there's someone with a yellow shirt and white beard walking to the front door. And I look (sighs) over, and there was nothing. So I continue searching downstairs, and I stand still to look around. To my right, there was nothing. So I look to my left. Then there was this pale face with a white beard and a yellow shirt on peeking from behind a wall watching me. Then as soon as I looked, it dipped away. I started screaming and running upstairs when my mom comes running to me and we both look for whoever it was with baseball hats and my BB gun. I look at my mirror, which you could see into the kitchen with, and I can see something walk past the entrance to the kitchen and my heart drops. The end. Oh my God. (gasps) What? That's crazy. I'm just curious, though. The mom was like, oh, there was something that kind of looked like you, uh, but with a yellow shirt. Like, just so casual, kind of. Like, oh, just want... You want to hear something creepy? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) Um, Well, this is the thing, though. So, I mean, I guess maybe the author has a white beard because the little brother said something about a white beard. Yeah, but then when he looked, he saw it had a pale face and a white beard, which... That's weird. I I don't know people our age. I'm assuming he's probably around our age um, since he, like, still lives at home with his mom and stuff like that. And he has, like, a little brother that's young, young. So, I wonder if he has a white but beard. Why the white beard? But maybe that's why it kind of looked like him. Maybe it's like he has like a dark beard, and the spirit has a white beard, and so maybe okay. it's like the opposite of everything this guy is, but also kind of resembles him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like this consistency of the yellow shirt too. Mm-hmm. That everyone who sees him sees him in a yellow shirt. Yeah, it's some spooky, that's kooky, spooky doppelganger shit right there. Just peeking out from behind. I can't. And then when you look in the mirror, you see it walk past the edge of the kitchen like it owns the place. Ah! I would have to get out of that house. I'd be like, you know what, spirit? Just take it. It's fine. Because he's just walking around like yeah, so casual. Like, you, win. you win this round, doppelganger. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 71. Thank you so much for listening. And Lily, do you have anything to wrap up with today? Uh, guidance counselors that buy you lunch are weird <laughs> and watch out for doppelgangers and yellow shirts yes alright Lily ready to start with the socials let's do it alright follow us on Instagram at just coolie things podcast personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari Twitter JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Gooey Things Podcast. Facebook private group. 
<laughs> Just Coolie Things Podcast group. I had a brain fart. Donate to our Patreon. Just Coolie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at JustCoolieThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thanks, and we will talk to you, Boo, tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.